Hey, hey, friends, welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Let me tell you, there's nothing like real life testimonies to prove that we serve the only living and powerful God. Jesus Christ is the one who performs signs, wonders, and loves people endlessly. Not just back in the day, in the Bible days, did he do miracles, did he deliver and set free people, but he does it today. He is the same God of Moses, Abraham, Ruth, Queen Esther, as he is today. And believing that will change your life, friends. I'm going to do a series of testimonies that point to God's goodness. And I'm going to start out with Vanessa. She's going to share her testimony of a time where she dealt with mental torment, suicidal thoughts, depression. She's going to share with us practical steps and tools that God gave her to set her free from the mental abuse from the enemy. And these tools are also available to you. So if you're struggling, God wants to set you free too. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Hi, Leah. Oh, you look very nice. You look very nice. All cute with your plant. Well, I'm so excited to have you on today to share your testimony. You can give as many details as you want. I mean, nothing censored. Whatever you want to share, you can share. Holy Spirit led, whatever you feel led to share. Tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, where you're from. Yeah, so I was born in Virginia, but I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, so I haven't ventured too far away from home. I grew up in a Christian household, so um, my parents got divorced at a young age, but my mom always made sure that she taught us about God, that we would go to church on Sundays. Um, We'd also have like family Bible studies. So I was exposed to Christianity at a young age, and it was always something that was hidden within my heart. I'd say as I got older, probably in college and then after college, you know, I um, was on my own and wasn't necessarily bound to the rules of the of my household and what I had to follow when I was living at home. And so I would go out and party with my friends a lot. I would drink. Um, but I was still always considered like the goody goody of my friend group. So like they would be doing all this crazy stuff. And then, you know, I'd be at the other end of the spectrum where maybe I'm like dipping my toe in the water, but I'm not, you know, doing drugs or being promiscuous or doing all those different things. And so it's like, I had one foot in church and then one foot in the world. And I lived my life like that for a long time. And I thought it was working for me, you know? So, um, I was having fun with my friends. I was doing well at work. Like everything seemed to be going well. Um, And I was, you know, still going to church and I'd spend time in the word. I spend time in prayer. I'd go to Bible studies, all those things. But at the same time, I also had like a lot of exposure to the things of the world and was still partying and doing things like that. So I'd say fast forward to 2020, everything kind of came to a standstill because of the pandemic. And so normally... The things that would consume my time, whereas like I'm going to work in the office, I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm going to the gym, I'm doing all these things that are keeping me busy. I didn't have any of those things. And so what that led to was me just being alone often with my thoughts. And so um, it was during that period where it's like my thoughts started to plague me. And I was at a place where I felt like I couldn't really escape some of these thoughts that I was having. And so it was a lot of like thoughts of like hopelessness and despair, which was odd for me because although in the past I had had moments where I might feel down or I'd be in a funk, it's like, oh, it just lasts a day. And then um, 
I'd be able to like bounce back. But but for whatever reason, this time I wasn't able to bounce back, probably because I didn't have the distractions that I normally had. So it's like, oh, I'm sad. Let me go party with my friends. Oh, I'm sad. Let me go to the mall. Let me go on a trip. You know, anything to just run away from whatever negative emotions I was having. Whereas this time I was forced to actually sit with those emotions. Um, And so, yeah, I was just not in a good place towards the end of 2020. I remember, I want to say it was the last month of 2020. I think I cried every single day for a month. So it was like a very, very hard month for me, like every single day. And it wasn't like anything was obviously wrong. I had a good job. I had a lot of friends. I have like an amazing family. Like I was in a, on the outside, a good place, but like on the inside, I was not in a good place at all. I was in like a very dark place. Um, So yeah, I was having a hard time towards the end of 2020, um, but knew I needed to fight because I had seen what that story looked like in other people's lives. And that is not a happy ending. And I did not want that for myself. And I know that's not what God wanted for me. So I just tried anything and everything in order to just get back into a good place. And then it just resulted in, yeah, me having suicidal thoughts. You weren't being so easily distracted. So you were, you know, you were alone with your thoughts and that maybe triggered it. Did suicidal thoughts creep in? Like maybe you never struggled with those before? Yeah. So like you were saying, I think being alone with my thoughts is kind of what triggered like all these feelings of hopelessness because they were probably there, but I was able to distract myself. Right. So if you're just hanging out with your friends, if you're going to one thing from the next, you never pause and really think about or take an inventory of like how you feel or what things have been troubling you. And so the pandemic and the stillness that that brought um, created a space for me to really see like, wow, I'm not doing well. And then um, the other thing was I had been attending a church and the pastor had left. So like before I had a church community and then I didn't have a physical church that I was attending anymore. And so I lost like that part of my support system. So it was like the perfect storm for this to occur. And then it just resulted in, yeah, me having suicidal thoughts, which is something that I hadn't struggled with before. Like I definitely have had moments where like I cried or maybe I was sad for a few days, but nothing that was as heavy as what I had experienced at the end of 2020. Um, And kind of what comes to mind is that scripture that talks about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Like before, when I would hear about people committing suicide or people being depressed, I didn't get it. I was like, just, you know, snap out of this or I I just didn't understand it. But then when I started feeling that way, it really did feel like there was like a force that was working behind me and it wasn't working for my good, you know? And so I felt like I was being pulled towards these dark thoughts and it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was of me, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And that was scary. So it's like, it felt like it was something that was taking over me and I didn't know how to escape it. And so the things that I had tried in the past that would work for me if I had like a bad day or a couple of bad days, you know, I was able to snap out of it. It didn't work in this situation. And so, you know, it's like every single day I was sad and I was thinking if every single day I'm sad and there's nothing obviously wrong with my life, is there like hope for this situation to turn around, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting um, that you just said that because I hear that a lot. 
when it's a Christian, you know, if you're, if you're entertaining the devil, you know, you can't slay demons you're entertaining. Right. So that actually makes sense why you would have heaviness if you're not living surrendered to Christ. Right. But for those that are surrendered to Christ, they know about deliverance. They know about praying in the spirit. They know about breaking off strongholds and bondages. And then they also are struggling with things that you know, logically you would think that you would not struggle with those things because you have that freedom in Christ. Mm -hmm. That's how, you know, it's a direct hit from the enemy because it's not something that you're, you know, knowingly opening up doors or living a certain way, living in rebellion, right? That is just a straight up target and attack. And he knows like when you're lonely, would you say that you ever struggled with, you know, suicidal thoughts in the past in your life? No, I wouldn't say I struggled with that in the past. That's why it was so strange. And then just the fact that I was still spending time with God. So kind of like what you said, if you're in the world, if you're pursuing the things of the world, then it's like, oh, it makes sense that you're having, you know, suicidal thoughts that you're not happy um, because the world isn't going to provide any type of happiness. But it's like I was still reading my Bible every day. I was still praying. I was doing a virtual Bible study since the church that I was attending at the time wasn't meeting in person. And so I was doing all the things that, you know, a Christian would say, oh, those are the right things to do. Yet still, I was just having all of these suicidal thoughts. Right. And when you think about it, too, there's one thing to feel like lonely or sad or, you know, but to get to a point of a suicidal thought, you were in a very dark place to have to to get to that point because, that's not a common thought, right? That's definitely a target. Like you said, he's out to still kill and destroy. And when you think about it, I mean, the Bible is telling us he's out to still kill and destroy. That's his purpose, you know, and he's also the father of lies. So he's not someone that just lies. Sometimes he is the father of lies. I mean, that should tell you right there. He makes up lies, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he targets, he specifically is on this earth to still kill and destroy. And so when you look at the enemy for who he is, it all makes sense. Of course, he's going to try to target God's children, right? Was there a time that you ever attempted suicide? No, I didn't attempt suicide. What would you say was your turning point? I'd say the turning point is when I made a decision that like I have to actively fight against these thoughts because again, it felt like a force that was like taking over me. And so the thoughts were becoming more frequent and that scared me. And I knew, okay, I need to do something because I don't, I don't want to end up like other people um, who weren't able to fight back. And so one, I reached out for help. So I shared with my mom that I was struggling and like was really vulnerable and just told her exactly what was going on. And so, you know, she, um, offered some assistance and some, some support to me. Then two, I decided I needed to find a church that I could fellowship with in person. So most of the churches were, um, I guess they weren't shut down, but they weren't meeting in person. They had a lot of virtual services and I realized that wasn't working for me. Like I need to actually be in God's house with other people in person. And so I was able to find a church. God is awesome and that, you know, he answers our prayers and he knows exactly what we need. And so he knew I needed more help and reinforcements. And so he um, was actually really cool because one day I was struggling, like I wasn't having suicidal thoughts, but I was still having moments where I was like had extreme sadness. And so I remember it was like the middle of the day and I was crying and I'm like, Lord, just help me. Right. Like, just help me. And then I see that I have a text. So I read the text. And the person says, 
Vanessa, the Lord put you on my heart this morning and wow. these things that you've been suffering. And like, I hadn't told this person like that I had been suicidal, that I was like struggling with hopelessness. I didn't tell them anything, you know? So that's how I knew it was God, but it was like, um, the Lord put you on my heart and the Lord has given me a plan of attack to help you like fight through and to be successful and overcome all of the stuff that Satan has been trying to do to thwart God's plan for your life. And so that was like a great source of encouragement. And so through that relationship, which is essentially discipleship, you know, I learned of ways, I guess I have like a, um, what do you call it? Like a toolbox of things that I can use to kind of help me overcome some of the lies that had been really keeping me down. Yeah. I know um, for me personally, captivating my thoughts is really big on combating lives from the enemy. I have memorized 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and I just speak that every morning over my mind. I demolish any arguments, anything that comes against the truth of who Christ is, you know, and every lie, and I captivate my thoughts. And I speak that over my mind because the enemy, you know, he tries, you know, he tries to come after you and he starts with your mind. You know, mm -hmm. nothing ever happens until it first originates with a thought, right? It starts with a thought and then action proceeds after you start believing. Given enough time, it becomes action, right? And, mm -hmm. But it starts with a thought. So if we don't get it early on, then, you know, you can end up in a place where it's irreversible and you don't know how you got there, but it started with you believing the lie from the enemy or the lies from the enemy, right? So- mm -hmm. Captivating our thoughts is one of the biggest tools that I think every believer needs. I mean, <laughs> it's like the main tool. I would say it's the hammer of the toolbox, you know? Like, you know? Oh, I would 100% agree. So it's captivating your thoughts. And then, you know, kind of what you said was you speak that scripture over yourself is the word of God and like actually knowing the word of God intimately because then that allows us to identify lies, you know? So if you're not in the word, you're not going to be able to see that, oh, this is a lie. Like, this is a lie from the enemy. He's trying to keep me discouraged. He wants me to believe that God isn't good. Um, and so many other ways that he deceives us. And so I just make sure I'm always in the word. And then that assists me in being able to identify ways in which Satan's trying to trick me. Yeah. So as of today, do you struggle with those thoughts any longer? No, God has set me free from that. So I am so grateful. I'm definitely um, a different person than I was at the end of 2020. Um, so God brought a lot of healing. So one, just being able to identify the lies that I was believing and how those lies were setting me back in a lot of different areas of my life and creating challenges that I didn't need to have. Um, two, I think it just, help me to see God for who he is and like that he's a good father. So a lot of times we'll think that God is like keeping us from something. So it's like, well, why aren't you allowing this to happen? Or why are you not allowing that to happen? And so now I'm able to see things through his perspective and realize a lot of times it's his protection. And so I see the hand of God in my life in so many different circumstances and situations. And it's just a illustration of his goodness in my life and how he's kept me and set me aside. And, you know, he's gentle with me. So even when I'm going astray, it's like, no, this way, my daughter. Um, and just offering his guidance and his everlasting love. So um, that has been really good. 
if you were going to give someone tips that, you know, have struggled with these things, what would you say you can credit to why you don't have these thoughts anymore? I'd say one, staying in the word. Um, So that's the first thing and doing that on a consistent basis. Two, doing a good job of taking your thoughts captive. So that's kind of coupled with staying in the word because, you know, there's a scripture that says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so a lot of times we're in bondage and it's because of these lies that Satan has told us to make us think that things that aren't true are true. Um, And so it really handicaps us that when you know the word, it's easier for you to take your thoughts captive because then you know how Satan's trying to trick you. Um, Three, praying in tongues. So that's something I do at least five days a week. That's also really powerful. There have been instances where maybe I was struggling with a thought, um, but I really pressed in and prayed in the spirit. And then I saw how God kind of like broke whatever heaviness was on me in that moment. Four would be a a really good community of believers to fellowship with. So at church, um, friends, just different people that can help strengthen you when you're weak and continue to point you towards Christ and be a good influence in your life. You know, there's this quote that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And so I think a lot of times, especially young people take for granted the impact that people can have on your life. So it can be good, but it can also be bad. And when you get caught up with the wrong crowd, it's easy to be led astray and to be tricked to think that doing things the world's way is going to lead to you getting the desires of your heart when in actuality, like, you know, maybe in the short term, it looks like, okay, things are working out well, but in the long term, it's not going to work out well at all. So those are some of the things that I think are really important to have in your toolkit. Oh, and the last thing would be discipleship. So I have benefited tremendously from having someone disciple me because it's like someone who's walked before me and God has shown them how to overcome similar situations. And so I'm able to follow them as they follow Christ. Amen. And I would say also too, um, when you know your identity in Christ, then it's easier to captivate your thoughts because you know, this is not who I really am. This is not who God says I am, right? You're able to recognize a lie from the enemy right away because you know who you are in Christ. When you don't have your identity in Christ, then that's when you start to entertain those lies. You start to believe those lies, you know, and then it leads to believing these lies from the enemy that aren't true about who you are, because in some way, deep down, you might actually agree with the lie because you don't know who you are in Christ. But once God really delivers you and sets you free and you know your identity in Christ without a shadow of a doubt, the devil doesn't have a chance. There's no lasting effect to what the devil tries to do with you because he can try, but he's not going to be successful because we now know our identity in Christ. For me personally, that changed, you know, that whole believing lies and entertaining lies and, you know, allowing the lies to like change my mood, you know, or make me feel sad is knowing who I am in Christ, trusting who God says he is, right? And believing those things. Once you really believe that, then, you know, once you really get a hold of that, the devil just moves on to the next person, maybe someone that is weaker in that area because he knows, oh, I can't really do much with this person because they know who they are in Christ, right? That's so good, Leanne. I'm glad you said that because that is a really big one. So just knowing who you are in Christ, because it's like when you're rooted in God's love and you know exactly like who he's called you to be 
and the power that he's within you uh, through the Holy Spirit, it's like, yeah, the devil can't touch you because the the lies that the devil tries to plant into your mind, it's like laughable, you know? Yeah, it's laughable. It's like, please, you know, if you're having a maybe a, a rough day, he might get away with a couple minutes of that. <laughs> but, he, you know, he's not going to really get down to the core of who you are anymore because, you no, know, I know who I am in Christ. God is who he says he is. You know, he's not a man that he would lie. You know, mm-hmm. he's not the son of man that he would change his mind. He is who he says he is. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He's my protector, my provider. I mean, the list goes on. You just start to speak the truth of who God is and then who you are. I'm a child of God. I'm more than enough. I'm a conqueror in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I I am protected. I am worthy. You know, you just start to speak the truth over your life. That makes all the demons shudder. Oh, it does. It does. Knowing who you are in Christ can be a process. I mean, a lot of times God has to heal things from your childhood. He has to heal, you know, past pains or hurts or disappointments, right? Even disappointments you might have um, with you and God. But once you allow him to go deep and do that uncomfortable, but necessary work in you, that's when he can really give you the identity in him that's unshakable. That's God's goal. God's goal is not to just fix us up a little bit. You know, God's goal is to set us completely free, completely heal us so that we can be a light in the darkness. And when we walk into a room, we change atmospheres, right? Mm -hmm. We walk into a room and people just, you know, they light up and their mood changes and they can't explain why it's because we're carriers of God's presence and we're carriers of his freedom. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know where all that's coming from. I'm just like <laughs> flowing out right now. <laughs> I'm just flowing. I don't know what's happening. You know, for anyone who's just struggling, I think a key is also just being consistent So another lie that the enemy will tell us is that what you're doing isn't working because you don't necessarily see an immediate result. And just to know that that's a lie from the enemy because it is working and that's why he wants you to believe that it's not working. So I liken it to if you're trying to work out and build your strength, right? So the first time you go to the gym and you lift weights, you don't immediately see those muscles, but it did something. And every time you go, it's like a cumulative effect. And so if you're working on renewing your mind, taking thoughts captive, getting to a place where you're not consumed with thoughts of hopelessness or loneliness or whatever it is that you're struggling with, you know, once you just are consistent with it over three months, six months, nine months, you'll see when you look back, wow, I've changed. So, you know, even for myself, other people notice that I changed before I notice I changed. So sometimes I'd even question like, is this doing anything? Like I'm doing all <laughs> these things and like, is anything even happening? Um, and then other people would just randomly be like, oh, Vanessa, I noticed a difference in you. And it's like, oh, I guess it is working. And then eventually I would realize it was working. So maybe like a thought would come to my mind and before I would take it captive, but it might take me like, you know, a couple hours in order for me to take the thought captive. Now it's like the thought comes and it's literally like a passing thought. Like it doesn't even have a chance to plan itself into my mind because immediately I'm able to recognize like, oh, this is from Satan. Like I don't receive that. I don't receive that. 
Amen. I don't I don't have to come into agreement with what the devil's trying to speak over me. He wants to keep us stuck in unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. He wants to keep us bound. He he doesn't want us to live free in Christ, right? He doesn't want us to know who we are in Christ. He doesn't want us to walk in our purpose and destiny, right? And so he he tries different tricks, right? When we're trying to overcome these situations, like you have to be consistent. So be consistent with the time that you spend in the word. Be consistent praying, be consistent fellowshipping with other people, making sure you're renewing your mind and like speaking life over yourself um, and reminding yourself of who you are in Christ and who God is and how he's working in you. Um, And I think if you do that, then you'll be unstoppable. Mm -hmm. As I started to like grow and heal and receive deliverance, sometimes it would annoy me that I felt like people would look at me and just think like, oh, Vanessa's life is perfect. But then God gave me a new perspective on that. And actually, one, my life is not perfect. So God has set me free, but my life is not perfect. Um, But God gave me a new perspective. And it's like, Vanessa, I've done such a transformative work in your life that like the remnants of all of that that you've experienced and gone through and the depression and hopelessness and all suicidal thoughts, like it's not even on you to the point where, you know, I think of the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego where they were in the furnace. And when they got out, it's like they didn't even smell like smoke. So it's like, God's like, Vanessa, that's what I did for you. I did such a great work in your life and freed you from that bondage such that even though you were in the furnace, you no longer smell like smoke. Praise God. Amen. You don't even smell like smoke. I love that. Yes. (laughs) It's like, you don't even know you went through it. That's how much, that's what God wants to do. He doesn't want to do something partial. He wants us to walk in complete healing and freedom. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so good having you on today. Thank you, Leah. I enjoyed it. It was great chatting with you. Can you just pray us out and maybe pray for those that are struggling with, you know, captivating their thoughts or believing lies from the enemy, whatever it is? Yeah. Lord, I thank you for your goodness towards us. I thank you for your long suffering nature. Thank you, Lord, that is your desire for everyone to live an abundant life and to know you as their savior. Lord, I just pray for any other individuals who are struggling with hopelessness, who are consumed with anxiety and fears about the future. I just cancel the assignment that Satan has against their lives in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you would speak life over them and that you would bring people into their life that would speak life over them, that would point them to the truth, that would help them to identify lies that they have been believing that have been causing them to just be in a place of continuous despair. Lord, I just thank you that you are going to bring restoration to situations that look like they cannot be restored. I think you're going to bring hope to places where it seems like it'll always be hopeless. Thank you, Father God, that you're not a respecter of people. So what you did for me, you will do for other people who are listening to this podcast and can relate to what I shared about feeling hopeless, to what I shared about having suicidal thoughts, um, and that you will bring deliverance to them as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you so much, sister. Love you too, Leah. Make sure to subscribe to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. And be sure to subscribe to the Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google. Remember, friends, life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon.